This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me are my two friends, Lon and Mariam. This is Mariam coming at you from San Francisco Bay Area. And thank you guys for listening to our podcast, Nadia and Lon. You guys can talk about anything you want, except you cannot talk about anything stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, WTFers, it's Lon. I just wanted to ask, because I'm a fucking idiot, tell me why we have to be serious inside a church again? (laughs) Because it's a church. (laughs) In the middle of someone's wedding. Oh my goodness, what an idiot. Yeah. Anyway, before I proceed, I want to inform all of you that the law does not permit any one of you to have another marriage. If either of you disobey the law... He or she has committed an offense called bigamy, which is punishable under the law of Nigerian. Five years of imprisonment, no option of time. Are we okay with that? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Who starts wedding like that? Only in Nigeria. (laughs) Can we begin with Andre and Libby? Andre and Libby. Yeah, so I actually thought theirs was the most interesting of the entire night for me a lot of it though was just the drama with libby's brother he's continuing to just be a jackass and i think i was saying during my intro uh, it's the same in every single place of worship especially when there's a wedding going on you don't be you're you're not supposed to be a jackass and so well you know this is common sense, common knowledge across all cultures. So for him to ask a, a stupid ass question like that is like, dude, what the fuck are you? What is this about? So uh, it it seemed like he was just trying to bring more attention to himself. And Andre just didn't even really pay him any mind. Just like, dude, because it's a church. And he left it at that. But then, you know, he, he continues on. And this was funny to me because he and Libby's sister like all of a sudden had a problem with the reception (laughs) and nothing is good enough. And then finally they get to the reception and it's too good. Right. And I think even was it the mom that said, Oh, I was expecting them to be in poverty and stuff. I was like, what, (laughs) what are you talking about? (laughs) She said she, she thought Moldova was full of poverty and sad people and sad people. Yeah. Like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I get that. Like, yeah. And I get that the, the dad, you know, is paying for most of it, but then at the same time, you know, they got a really good deal on it apparently. And, like just because things aren't the american standard doesn't mean that people don't celebrate and when they celebrate like go all out it felt as if they thought moldovans were incapable of serving caviar were incapable of throwing a lavish party where people have a good time and drink champagne like they were just so awestruck and i think 
Libby's dad handled it the right way, especially for somebody who was paying for it. If anything, he had the most reason to be sour about it. Like, this is where my money's going. But he was like, no. You know, he took the time to tell Andre, yo, those dancers, those were those were really good. And to try to calm down, was it Charlie or Chuck? I forget the guy's name, the brother. And like, look, I just don't want anyone to fight right now. Like, he, he was the most level-headed, you know, at that night. And, you know, I, I really respected that about him. But then for Libby's sister to all of a sudden throw a fit about it and then her brother to you know voice his daddy issues all of a sudden well my dad never did this for any of us like dude <laughs> take it up with him then bro right exactly <laughs> you know i Although it was my WTF moment, I know I'm getting to it so early, but you know, at the same time, I really thought there was a lot to like about their scenes. I thought the wedding was really beautiful at the church with the different customs. I thought Andre and Libby looked great in their wedding attire. You know, she called it costumes. I'm like, dude, they're not like costumes. You know, those are like, that's actual traditional wedding garb there or whatever formal wear whatever have you, right? They looked happy. I thought Libby was beautiful. Party was really cool. And it was it was a balance of, of good and bad. It sucks that it had to end as shitty as it did, but I really enjoyed it, and I thought their scenes were the most entertaining of last night's episode. So I agree. It was a super fun wedding. I was pleasantly surprised. I liked the flowers and the caviar and the champagne and... Even their outfits were very cute. I think that when she put on the veil with the flowers, it kind of completed her look. And then I was like, okay, now she looks like a bride. Like, I see it. It's really cute. I felt like Libby's brother and sister were kind of being haters. I felt a little bit of jealousy, especially from Libby's sister. Even from, like, the second, you know, she met her sister, like, to, you know, do the makeup and get ready for her big day. The sister made a comment like, look at you, look like a little old Moldovian lady type of a thing. And she was yeah. like, old. <laughs> and so she just kept making these little jabs. And I think when she saw the wedding, it was like over the top. And mm-hmm. she was like, what the hell? And then then she got sour, you know? Yeah. And I agree that Libby's dad took it the best from everyone. He was having fun. He was impressed by the dancers. He called it a show. And then yeah. I also feel like, I could see where the brother is coming from, but at the same time, this wedding is in Moldova, not like in Beverly Hills. So I'm sure, you know, if the same wedding was in Beverly Hills, it might have like a price tag of like, what, $200,000, but maybe in Moldova, it's like 10, 15, because that's kind of the discount you get in those kind of places, right? So yeah, I, I thought it was like really fun. I actually kind of saw Andre in a new light. He seemed really happy. He seemed like... When he was around his brothers toasting and getting ready and then throughout the wedding, like he was super affectionate with Libby. He was like in the moment for his wedding. He was having a really good time. And I, I don't think I ever saw him in that light. So I was like, wow, he actually comes across normal. And I think I can see why Libby is with this guy. Like he wasn't just standing there all grumpy with like a weird look on his face. If anything, that was Libby's brother doing all that, right? Like that look of death, like, bro, I'm going to fucking kill you look. He yeah. had in his face. And it was so just so, it was like, I found it so inappropriate when, you know, it got the shot of him. And then this is the groom, and you're already, like, talking shit about him. Like, he was like, oh, 
here in Moldova, he's he's like the king, you know, like the king of Moldova. But you know, he's you know he's he's nothing, you know, in America or something like that. And he was just she said, like, like he ain't shit. He ain't shit. Yeah, like, I'm like, yeah. dude, can you like <laughs> calm down, dude? Like, what are you so I know. angry about? Like, where'd that come from, dude? Yeah. <laughs> like that was like the alcohol talking again, and like you can clearly tell, like he's like an aggressive, unhappy drunk. He was you know? seriously unhappy, right? <laughs> yeah, he was being like hater, hater drunk brother-in-law. Yeah, I was actually kind of convinced that Charlie might, you know, low-key hate his own sister, Libby, because like you guys said, I think I, I suspect Chuck didn't pay for his wedding, and that's what he kind of, that's what he allegedly proclaimed so I'm not surprised if not only is he jealous of Andre, but he's jealous of Libby as well because, you know, Libby and probably all his other siblings got the wedding that they wanted, whereas maybe he didn't. So I can see why he's being super hater, like super hating this whole wedding situation. No, I just want to remind our listeners that reception was costing Chuck mere five thousand dollars now i'm not saying mere as in you know it's a small amount but compared to a wedding in the u.s like you can get that kind of esther for five thousand dollars like five thousand dollars came right that was a steal i mean think about the dancers that the dad liked (laughs) think about all the tradition that they had like i think jen in particular i got the sense that she's probably jealous of the fact that the whole wedding screams culture. Like it's mm-hmm. so unique and so extravagant. Good yet take, it's, right. right. It's yep. and yet it doesn't it didn't really hurt the pocket, you know, didn't really hurt Chuck's pocket. But yeah, I mean I just want to go through some of my cliff notes because I think Lon, you you and Mariam, you guys summed this up really well and you guys covered most of it. That's but fair. I wanna ask you I wanna ask you guys one question first. Do you think Andre insisted on having the wedding in Moldova purely because he wanted to do that for his parents? Or does he want to show his guests that he has made it in the U.S.? Hmm. I really think that it was about family for Andre. You know, with I think there was an issue with the baby being baptized that had to happen within a certain amount of days. Based on that, there had to be a, a there had to be, I guess, the wedding. And obviously, his parents had missed out the first time. And yeah, you know, he didn't have the money to support it. But at the same time, I think it was Libby who wanted to go all out, who wanted to have the dream wedding, because it wasn't a dream wedding when they were in America. They got married because they had to it was the you know the 90 days was coming up and i think it was actually more of libby's idea to have it be the dream quote-unquote wedding the the extravagance it just so happened that you know all the things fit it was affordable because it was in moldova this time around right like the family could be there and a lot of the extravagance i want to say is normal it's just it looks extravagant to us because we're foreigners I bet if you go to a, another Moldovan wedding, they've probably got those dancers wearing, you know, what um, her sister referred to as costumes. Th- that's probably how they party. Maybe not to that extent where there's champagne and caviar, but I'm pretty sure they know how to have a good time. 
it seems so weird to us because we're seeing it through an American lens, right? An American perspective. So all these, like you said, cultured, right? It was mm-hmm. very, very cultured. And for that, you know, the first time I went to a, a wedding and it was like Chinese themed because my brother's wife is like Chinese, Vietnamese. I was like, wow, this is so extravagant. But then I had to take a step back and go, this is probably normal though for like Chinese people to come out with these dragons, you know, and these dancers and, and all this stuff, right? Like that they have, you know, and I, I questioned uh, my brother's wife about it. And she said, oh yeah, like this is nothing. We usually go through like seven or eight costume changes. And things like that. And like, these are things that were new to me, right? So seeing that wedding, we probably would have thought that was extravagant or whatever have you. But to them, who knows, like, this is probably what they expect out of a wedding. Maybe not to the degree where, you know, everyone's having caviar and champagne. But yeah, I I don't think it was a way to show his guests that he's, you know, living it up. He already, before the wedding started, he already told them he wasn't working, that Libby was doing most of the work, right? I think they all know that it was on his father's dime, or excuse me, father-in-law's dime. I don't think he was trying to rub it in, and I, I think, you know, they just, they took it wrong because they're haters. Yeah, I mean, for me, I feel like if you are from any culture outside of America, you've been exposed to some type of wedding with, like, the deep cultural roots, the connections, and I feel that's where Andre is coming from. Like he he is so rooted in his culture in Moldova and like the culture, the customs that I feel like that was really important for him, you know, to like have that experience getting ready with his best man, his best friend, his brother, and then wearing the traditional Moldovan outfit, going to that beautiful church and then having the wedding with the dancers and stuff. For me, you know, I grew up seeing a lot of this and because I grew up in the Bay Area, being a melting pot i've met people from all over the world and that one of my best friends got married in san bruno a couple years ago and she's from armenia originally and i was one of her bridesmaids and it was the coolest thing to experience like a band with like a guy playing the drums and like the flute in broad daylight on the street in san bruno going to her house and then we started dancing like at 10 o'clock in the morning and then her father started pouring shots at 10 in the morning, okay, (laughs) for all the guests. And that's how the day started. Seriously, it was like the funnest wedding I've ever been to in my life. And then the limousines showed up and like took us like to to get pictures. Then their reception was, you know, at the Marriott downtown. And it was just breathtaking. It was beautiful. She had violinists playing. It was just, again, a part of her culture. And like that was important for her the culture, the music. She also had caviar, you know? And I feel like that's where Andre is coming from. For him, it's like his culture. That's what he grew up experiencing. And he wanted that for himself. And he wanted to show that to his partner. And he wanted to experience that for his family. So yeah, I don't, I don't think, for the right. yeah, I don't think he was like doing all that just to flex. You know, I think it was more like, this is my wedding day. This is my experience. Yeah, I think I can kind of understand why in a way, he insisted on it being in Moldova because it's so much more fun for a decent amount of money. It's so much more extravagant that like you, you get more bang for your buck. So I don't blame him for that. I was kind of glad that they, they got that, you know, traditional wedding that he's has been hoping for. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for them. I can see why everyone's starting to say like, oh, Andre is growing on me. I think it's because 
Libby's family is just super trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, yeah. make, they make Andre look good, you know? Yeah, in comparison, um, yeah. In comparison. <laughs> I do want to say, I wish Chuck and Libby's mom, I'm sorry, I forgot her name, but I wish they had snatched the mic from Charlie, but mm-hmm. I think it makes for more drama that they don't. And I think someone also pointed out that shame on Libby and Andre for not thanking Chuck, but then I figured that might be editing. I'm pretty sure they right. thanked him at some point, but you know, usually you thank your your parents during your speech, but we didn't see that on screen, so I wonder if that was off screen. Good on them. I enjoyed that wedding. That was a really cool wedding. Mariam, it reminded me of your wedding, uh, your, your Afghan slash, you know, Tunisian theme wedding. Yeah, the, like, the dance was really cool. <laughs> well, no, but you guys have your own type of dance. The culture, and I, yeah. yeah, the culture is strong there. So, yeah, I, you know, ethnic wedding is great. Like, I miss my, my Malay weddings, you know. It's, it's quite an event, you know. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> any final words about Andre and Elizabeth? I wish them the best. I'm happy they got married. I really enjoyed experiencing that with them and i hope that they're happy and i hope that you know libby's family can just kind of coexist with them and you know bury the hatchet so to speak right because they've you know two years into this relationship you're still suspicious suspecting bad things from him always doubting him putting him down being aggressive around him i mean i think you just leave the guy alone him and libby like let them just live their life and they'll figure it out yeah, you know, as we learned um, a couple weeks ago, what, they're millionaires? <laughs> they got that shit yeah. figured out. <laughs> yeah, maybe Real it's quick. an actress. <laughs> right. <laughs> they have their own company, so they're good. They figured that shit out real quick. Yeah. Well, at least now we know Charlie and Eric Trump have something in common. They have daddy issues. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to... I mean, do we really want to talk about Colty? The fact that he's out of shape and wanted to like get in shape in one episode. That was was weirdest shit ever with him playing football with his friend. That was just so unnatural and so scripted. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you're onto onto something there, Mariam, because according to Frauded by TLC, uh, Steve, his so-called friend, is actually a production assistant hired to play Colts. Oh, oh my god! Are you Gail serious? Song. Yeah. Because <laughs> that sad. guy, that production assistant was kind of a good looking guy and I don't think he would ever be in the same circle as Colt. So that was yeah, actually no. a flag and I kind of was like, hmm, are they really friends? Or maybe they just became friends during the filming, the shooting. But that whole scene with like him trying to bench press, I don't even know what the hell was going on. Would never happen. Colty would be behind a camera sending dick pictures to girls in his spare time. No way in hell would he be exercising. Let's just throw that out there, guys. No, yep. I, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. There was nothing about that that was like even remotely real. I remember the first time they showed him trying to exercise. I thought that was stage two. And then this time when the production assistant came out or quote unquote, his, I don't know, personal trainer or slash friend, whatever have you was like, yeah, let's do dips. I went to see if Cole would do a dip. He didn't do a dip. He like got up on the, on the bars (laughs) and I was like, all right now dip. And then it cut to the, during their conversation and it cut back to Cole and he was still in the same up position. And then when they cut again, he was already standing. And he never dipped once. 
And I'm like, dude, this is so, <laughs> this is the shittiest, like, editing. Like, do they really expect us to believe that he's out there exercising and that he's barfing into a garbage because he gave it his best? Like, come on, man. I don't know. That scene was just so filler for me. I, I, I was rolling my eyes. Yeah, and then they, they made him, like, run to catch a football. I'm like, what are we watching, dude? <laughs> like, <laughs> they're, they're just, they're trying to build his character. Yeah. into something and i don't really know what it is because he's a piece of shit yeah um, yeah but like they're, they're trying to build him up maybe for like another season or like another spinoff or something it's kind of what i i was suspecting yeah he's irrelevant he's mm-hmm. that's what they were trying to do they were trying to make him relevant because i guess jess didn't want to film anymore or something like that and they needed something they needed to give us something right like what happened right and yep, you're right. I guess the way they were going to show it was, oh, he's having a hard time dealing with the breakup. So he's in this mode of self-improvement and trying to better himself. Oh, oh, and uh, we got to point out that Debbie is a problem, you know, a common factor in these in these relationships. Like they were just trying to spoon feed us this post relationship, post Jess storyline because they had nothing else. So they needed to fill the time. That's what it seemed like to me. Filler. And did he that. say? Did he say he was in Seattle with Larissa? He said something like that, and I was like, "What is that? Where they?" No, met? I think he was in Seattle working and talking to Larissa at that time. But then okay. moved to moved to Vegas for work, and then that's where Larissa came at that point. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, okay. gotcha. Speaking of Larissa, are we ready to talk about? Oh God. $72,000 worth of surgery. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we didn't see all of that surgery in this episode over the weekend. We just saw the nose and the titties. Correct. Yeah. And it was only There's supposed to than... be, it was only supposed to be titties too, right? He said, like, I guess the nose job was kind of an optional thing. And he said, yeah, don't, you don't got to get that done. But she, we find out later that she does it anyway. <laughs> so okay. can, I, can I tell you guys a secret? And this is like a Middle Eastern person secret. Basically, you can get a very cheap nose job if you have something called a deviated septum. So if you have a deviated septum, which I think I heard the doctor say, oh, we're going to fix her septum so she could breathe better. So basically, a deviated septum is something it's that... An, it's a breathing condition, right? It's a something breathing condition, like right? Causing sinus mm. or something? Exactly. So oh, your insurance uh, will cover a deviated septum like to right. get, get that fixed. And so if you're already under anesthesia, you just pay like a fractional amount more, like a couple thousand, not like 10, like one or two. And you can get yeah. a nose job. And that's what most of my peoples do, guys. So I let the cat out of the bag. Wow. All right, Middle Eastern listener, we're Life sorry. Hacks. <laughs> <laughs> Life hacks. Exactly. I'll be making a TikTok out of that shortly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. That's good. I, I have to say that Larissa took that surgery like a champ. Though I also want to point out that it's strange how the clinic rushed her out of there, even though she's not fully uh, conscious. And I think a lot of people in the forum actually kind of took notice of that and they they pointed out that that's not right. And then it reminded me of a time when I watched an episode of, you know, Keeping Up With The Kardashians when Kris Jenner got like a chin tuck. I remember they allowed her to stay in the, you know, in the clinic overnight until she Mm -hmm. gained consciousness. Like nobody forced her to wake up and 
And I think it's standard procedure to actually let the patient gain consciousness and make sure that she's a little bit more alert and able to walk by herself before you release her. Kind of but what kind of what kind of footage would the film crew get if that's what they? Yeah, <laughs> I know, exactly. right? Thank you. I yeah. wonder if TLC paid the clinic to say like, "Hey, hey, just yeah. wake her up and uh, let Eric do the rest. Like, let yeah. Eric be all distraught and <laughs> distressed, and like you know, be sweet and caring and all that." I when I watched that scene when they did the procedure, I was like, "Are we watching Ninety Day Fiance or am I watching Botched?" Mm. You know, yeah, like or like or just like a weird. It was just weird. I don't know. It was like just watching her with the boob job and the nose, and then going back to your last point. I think it's just a clinic. I don't think it's like a fancy surgery center where they have staff to like take care of people beyond like four o'clock. Maybe everyone's like, "Dude, we gotta go home. Let's let's kick her out of the operation." That's sad, though. You know what I mean? And then Eddie was like really emotional like there's like a lot of hand movement like a lot of eyebrows going up and down during like that whole scene and i actually felt like <laughs> you know <laughs> you feel me lot I, yeah, I, I, I felt like there's a connection i felt like he actually cared about her though yes i actually finally saw it whereas before i was like oh like she'll just hang out with her gay best friend and they have an agreement <laughs> but like that whole part in the car where she was like, oh my God, you're so cute. And then don't give me the nose. Like that was just not something, I don't know. Is that, I've, I've never. It showed a different side a of Eric man. for me too. Yeah, you know, it showed yeah. a different side of Eric, a, a more caring side. Cause all we see was mostly was them arguing. Even when she's like sliding in the boob job and stuff, it's still semi-confrontational. He's like, why are we doing this? I don't think you need to do this. Very rarely, if at any point, did we see Ericky being as as gentle and as comforting and accommodating and you know a caring kind of figure in her life and we get to see that and I, th- I thought it was cool to see but to your point Miriam when he like gets wild like that like it almost <laughs> reminds he, he almost looks like Dane Cook kind of how Dane Cook acts when he's I don't know I know that nobody's <laughs> seen a stand-up of his in like 10 I have. years yeah. no, dude, I have <laughs> Yeah, he gets, <laughs> he he gets like thing. that. Yeah, he used to be like that and really obnoxious and, and over the top with his mannerisms and his movements. So he kind of reminds me of that when he gets that way, all frenzied <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> Just because it like went over by one minute. Yeah. Remember he said like, I thought it was supposed to be three hours and then yeah. it was like only three hours and a minute and he lost it. <laughs> yeah, I agree yeah. with you both. Like I saw that side of him where he was so sweet to her. He was taking care of her. But then it got me thinking, like, do you think Larissa patched up with Eric because she knew that not only does she need that funding, but also a caretaker? I mean, who is going to take friends. care of her? I mean, she has Brazilian, Brazilian Carmen. Carmen would like come through, I think. But she wouldn't have paid for it. Yeah, she wouldn't. <laughs> but cl- clearly, Larissa has money. She's got her own money, right? So, like, we, yeah. we, know, we know that's not a fact. She could have probably got that paid for by promo, right? Mm-hmm. Is what a lot of yeah. people are saying. Right. Like, oh, yeah, he didn't pay for it. She probably got that for free through a promotional kind of thing. Where, Is know. that why they kick her out so fast? Because they're like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> your free of charge ass needs to go. <laughs> but you have to understand, from what I understand, the film crew is like on site for hours upon hours upon hours. And they do that so that people are like less aware and less 
scripted in their acting and their mannerisms so that they can catch those kind of moments. You know what I mean? So they're probably like, oh, shit. Like, I'm sure he saw it and I'm sure he heard the backlash and I'm sure he's like, oh, hell no. Like, this this sucks. It's not good exposure. But I'm sure he got a a couple of clients through this whole segment. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, the the whole Arista topic, like, you know, I'm following her on Instagram and she's, she's like a webcam girl now and she... You know, did this little thing. She said, swipe up. So I swiped up to see her on webcam. But then it's like, you have to pay and, like, give them your social security number and, like, your credit card information and, like, the deed to your house to see it, basically. Which I didn't do because, like, I have kids I have to, you know, put through college. How much is it? I'll do it. (laughs) I think, I don't know. But you can can go on her page. I think it's in her story. But it's, like, she's dressed, like, super, super skanky. And she's got, like, oil on her. And she's, like, doing, like, this oil thing. I don't know. But I'm just not very happy with her choices right now. I'm totally judging her. And I was super team Larissa. And now I'm just kind of like, dude, Larissa, what is going on? What's, what's, what's going on in your head, girl? Um, you know what? I think I'll do it and put it on the Patreon. Damn, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. I'm just joking. Yes, I don't Mom, know if yes. that's legal. <laughs> well, that's what people we'll do a review of it. We'll do a review of it, uh, of it on our on our on on WTF Extra. Here's what we yeah. thought of the of the cam soda. <laughs> Is it worth your money? <laughs> people did that with Colt, right? Right. They signed up for his OnlyFans, only, only to lick his dicks or whatever. I mean, his you know pictures of him frolicking in like that dirty ass rug <laughs> that he sat on, covered in cat hair, probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and Debbie's hair, gross. Ew. Oh my god, and Vanessa's probably. Yeah, because you know, ain't nobody cleaning that house. Exactly. All right, are we ready to move on to Karini and Paul? Is there much to talk about? I don't think so, right? Because I wasn't paying much attention, but they were just going to the airport. As filler. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. There's filler. a lot of, for all the highlights in this episode, there was also a lot of filler. And I think this was one of those moments. They tried, I, I'm pretty sure this was scripted. They tried to make it look like he was having a problem finding the passports. They even used it in like their preview of the of what the episode was going to be. And you find out it's really nothing. And you're like, oh, yeah, he had the passports all along. Like, I hate it it's nothing. That. Yeah, it's what so is, dumb. I hate that. that I was... can't find the passports. Where are they? Oh, oh here God. it is. Oh, oh, here it is. It's right here. Yeah. <laughs> like, stupid. <laughs> right where I left it in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, there was there really isn't much to say. I mean, yeah. nothing's really going to top everything that we've said previously. And then we already know about the cops coming and child protective services coming and the whole fiasco that happened over that weekend. Hint, you can catch that on our Patreon, WTF Extra, shameless plug. But yeah, like, this is all, like, the lead-up to that, and last night's episode really didn't show much, you know? Like, oh, are, are they not going to go to Brazil? And then they resolve that within seconds of him worrying about the passports. It was filler for me. We can move on. Hey, uh, before we move on, I just want to say I just saw a recent post from Paul on Instagram and he's working y'all he's now an influencer what <laughs> he's, he's now a travel influencer he's promoting tourism to Amazon forests or something in Brazil he's basically promoting tourism in Brazil oh, getting hilarious. those yeah he's posting those paid sponsorship posts you know the ones that you know bring in the money so good for has, him 
She has 435,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. Wow. You better do something about that, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. crazy. He, I mean, yeah, he, he definitely should use his influence, quote unquote. And of course, like that's common sense since he knows about the country or about traveling to Brazil. I, that's a smart move. And if he gets to take care of his wife and kid, I'm all for it. But at the same time, he needs to work on himself. He needs to be a better dad. He needs to be a better husband. So the money is only part of the answer. You know, definitely provide for your family. But then at the same time, if you want to salvage what's left of this relationship, do the work, do the self-improvement. Work on the stuff that led to her distancing herself from you, especially the allegations of rape and sexual abuse. Yeah, we need to we need to get that shit fixed. <laughs> Well said. Yeah. I am quarter half happy to move on to Asmedu <laughs> and Kalani. <laughs> Shall we do it's that? It's better than nothing, right? <laughs> Can I just say that this is the first time I saw Ansuelo in this role where, you know what, he's like a grown-ass man talking to his mom and kind of telling her like, hey, your behavior was wrong. Like that was like a completely new side of him. Mm-hmm. And I actually he, I loved it. I thought he that did was that awesome. with his he did that with his family in Washington actually, and and this is why I have a love hate relationship with Asuelo because on one hand he's pretty firm with his family or he can be firm with his family, but at the same time he he's very vulgar with his own wife, like he's very disrespectful with Kalani. So he it's almost like he has two different facades. You know, like in front of his mom and sister, he's he puts his foot down, but then in with Kalani, he's I guess he's trying to do the same, but Kalani's too strong willed and he's he gets easily frustrated with her because you know she's not letting him play the role of the Samoan man. I, I mean, I don't know, it's it's so conflicting with Aswedu. Yeah, I think I just think he's a he's a young guy, he's having a hard time balancing where to draw boundaries in terms of how to exercise authority and balance that authority with cultural beliefs and you know how how to be in in America versus Samoa and and you know he's he's a new father so he's young i forget exactly how old he is but you know like these were things i don't think i could have figured out at his age and he's learning as he goes right he 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 jumped into this because I hate to say it because they were having kids, you know, with somebody he barely knew for what a few days. Um, yeah, they didn't have a chance to to work on all this stuff to develop a healthy, I guess, relationship and talk about how they're going to handle conflicts, um, especially cultural. So, yeah, he's. I just think he's just a young guy having a difficult time trying to figure this all out on the fly. And I do like that he stood up for Kalani and he stood up to his family. Yeah, I, I think he's he's learning, right? And it, it, we're starting to see that maybe he's growing up right in front of our eyes. So, yeah, it was definitely a good look for him this episode. I think it was like a big improvement as far as him making this effort to kind of connect with his wife, defend her, also try to be like this middle person between his family but you know kind of putting his mom in check at the same time 
I, I really haven't seen that. I feel like old Ansuelo would have like handled it differently and kind of would have just stepped back and been like, okay, just figure it out, you guys. But no, he was in there. He wanted to be a peacemaker. He made it very clear to his mom and his sister, like, you need to apologize. And he made it clear to his wife, like, I need you to fix this relationship. I don't know. I, I thought it, was, it showed a lot of maturity. And I think that this, on top of the therapy, which both of them found to be helpful, I think is a new chapter for their marriage. And I'm really, really hopeful. Whereas before I was like, this couple is like doomed forever. And the whole conversation at the table with the parents and the mom, and the sister, I think that was also helpful because you know what? Kalani is like, look, this is my support system. You can't fuck with me. Like I'm not stupid. I have my dad here who is like this older Samoan man. So you have to kind of listen to him possibly. Like maybe that's the approach. And then you know, Oswello is there, and then Oswello's family is there, which is like, you know what, we're not going anywhere. We're we're here. Like, we're a part of your family, and we're a part of Oswello, and they're going to have to make it work. So I, I really like this episode. It really gave me hope, and I hope that things get better for them. I still don't get, like, how the family does not yet understand. How many more times can they say <laughs> that they can't give what they don't have? Like, you can't just stick your hand up your ass and pull money out of it. Like, that's not how it works. And he keeps trying to say that. Kalani keeps trying to say that. I think the parents even said it. And the way Kalani's dad um, kind of tried to put it, he said something like, oh, they didn't know what they were getting into or something like that. I guess he was referring to the expectations that, uh, that their culture has when it comes to giving back to the family while at the same time taking care of your own. But like, come on, like it's, it's mathematics, right? You cannot give what you don't have. And they keep banging the same drum and beating a dead horse and whatever have you like, give us the money. He does not have the money. <laughs> How many more times do we got to say this? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that they came to some kind of conclusion, but even, even then, I think, you know, the dad said it best when he said this isn't going to get solved overnight or over one dinner. Um, so I think I still think there's work to be done, but they definitely definitely got the ball rolling. And it seems like the his family, Asuela's family is going to budge a little bit. But Tammy was still being a bitch. Yeah, Tammy's yeah. a fucking bitch, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would hate I did... for her to be my sister-in-law. <laughs> So armchair um, psychology time, uh, there's a running theory out there that Tammy is mad that Asuelu is doing what she cannot, which is why she's super hating on him and Kalani because he has the freedom to opt out of supporting family back in Samoa. I see that. So, right. Yeah, exactly. I, I just want to say, you know, that's one heck of a therapy session, huh, for Asuelu to... <laughs> So she is. She drops a G every month to the family. I don't think so. I don't think so. I doubt I think, it. Yeah. Too. I doubt it. I mean, we don't really know what her situation is like. I mean, we do know she has children. We don't know if she's married. Uh, we don't know what occupation her significant other has. Like, there's there's so many factors, right? Maybe she's got a rich husband and they can drop a G a month back mm. home. But if it's her you know, busting her ass as a single mom working 50 jobs. I doubt that's the case. So I don't think we have enough information to make a a point there. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. 
Yeah, but I'm glad that Aswelu did not throw the bus at Kalani, as he puts it, right? He <laughs> wants her to be the bus driver. It's, it seems like a good outcome. I was expecting a bit more drama and, you know, I, I thought maybe, you know, glasses would be thrown. But Kalani's dad really kept everyone in check and Aswelu felt the pressure to step up. So I'm glad he did. Um, but yeah, too bad for Tammy. I, I'm, I'm not sure why she's still mad hating but we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, to them in the next episode. From the preview, it looks like Kalani is still not happy with the marriage. It seems like Swelu is going back to his previous self where he doesn't support her and is probably out playing volleyball <laughs> and not supporting the family, not giving her the help that she needed. So, man, with Swelu, it feels like Three steps forward and like 10 steps back or something, you know? Yeah, I agree. Right. Does anyone really care if Angela got an orgasm? Because no one <laughs> asked for it. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> oh, TMI yeah, not... for me. I, know, I honestly, right? well, that was TMI for me. And usually I wouldn't care about something like this, but for them it was TMI. <laughs> the fact that she's not wearing underwear, like, do we really need to know <laughs> that this trash is not wearing underwear? Oh. Guys... Remember how she described how, you know, she was on the bed and then he moved the covers and then she just had her nipples covered and nothing yeah. else on? That was like... When she, stuck her, when she stuck her arm up and then she was like, all he needs to see is my breasts and then oh, he salutes God. me. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was so stupid. Ew. <laughs> Ew. That was just like... And dude. she lifted her arm up in the air like that. Do you think she walks around like with her titties hanging by her like belly button? Like, Mako, <laughs> come here. <laughs> but, oh, oh, by the way, Michael is not really Michael, huh? His real name is Kahinde. Oh, yes. yeah. That's yes. a better name than Michael. I don't yeah. know why. I guess TLC insists that he uses English name, not yes. his native yeah. name. But yeah, I was going to say, let's move on to Angela M. Kahinde, but then I'm not sure if anyone knows that. Think about their wedding. Obey. I have, yeah, oh I was about to ask you guys. So my question to you both. If you're a guest at Angela and Michael's wedding, oh, sorry, Angela and Kahinde's wedding, and you see Angela walk down the aisle, what would your first thought be? If he's happy and they're happy, who am I? Who am I to say how they, how things go? The thing is, you know, because of this show, we were privy to these moments that they have. And it wouldn't be, we, we wouldn't be coming into this wedding without this context, right? So yeah, that's a, that's a tough call for me because I have all this context and because we've seen how she treats him. I would have stood up and said something like the, at the moment where they say speak now forever hold your peace if that moment was afforded them during their wedding ceremony I'd have been like hey man come on did y'all watch the same show I was watching <laughs> like, <laughs> these guys are not right for each other mm-hmm. but yeah no if you just if I if I just got an invite with no pretext and no context I obviously would go hey like it's whatever makes them happy I mean, if I didn't have the contacts and I saw them, 
yeah, I would have the whatever makes them happy, but I would also be like, dude, she's way older than him. Like, that's something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Wouldn't you be really a skeptic deny. at least? Okay. Yeah. I'd be like, that would be my first thing. Like, wait, she's like much older than him. Okay. She's American. Okay. Green card. This would be kind of be like my thought process. And then if I was sitting in that audience and then I'd hear her kind of stutter with the whole obey part and she like yeah. snatched her neck back and she like did this weird thing and like her double chin is like flying everywhere. I would be like, who the hell does this bitch think she is? Coming That's to, what got to me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like coming to Nigeria of all places and acting nah. like holier than thou. That's what got to me when that scene came. Uh, and again, it was like, I hope TLC told her to do that. Because if she just did that because that's who she is, that's pathetic. Seriously, when, when it's time to do your vows, that's how you're going to act? Like, ruin your your wedding moment? I know for this isn't her first time, right? But this is something that if Michael decides to stay, this is what he has to remember forever? Mm-hmm. That she threw, like, a joke in poor taste. And it wasn't even a joke. You know she halfway meant that, if not mm-hmm. 100%, you know, meant to question that and to let him know, hey, like, I'm going to say this, but this isn't how it's going to go down. Like, come on, dude. Just, can you just let it be? <laughs> like, let it go. Anyway. You guys think of uh, Jojo questioning, you know, Michael's intention. You know, like, he, she asked him, like, oh, she so will there. you leave her? Yeah, and she, she went, went there, there, right? She went there. Yeah. Got guts. Oh. Right, to be honest with you, right? Yeah, that's the first thing. I mean, that was like I just went through my thought process. It's like, okay, she's much older than you, Michael, from America. You know, what's next? Like, are you gonna bounce? And then, like, the way Michael reacted was like so guilty, almost like so he defensive. Was, he was so defensive. <laughs> like, yeah. how do you know that? Well, <laughs> how can that you see obvious? right through me? Right, yeah. and he and he's like, damn, I put up two years with this woman, like. I'll be damned if I don't leave America with a green card. You know what I mean? No. I think he's had to feel that mind. question. He's yeah. yeah, he's had to feel that question a few times. So I think he should be used to it by now. Yeah, that's that's it for me. I, I get it. Like Angela and Michael got their happy ending, but and and unfortunately Angela got some bad news. That's right. You no. Know, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not something to celebrate because I know Michael is probably still getting abused by angela but who knows right he's he likes it he has stockholm syndrome i am that's his fetish i'm down to follow them for one more season just to see how married life is or to see if he leaves i would be down to see how this plays out after you know the i do's i'd be curious enough if somebody said, oh, there's another season, or are you going to watch it? And then the trailer shows Angela and Michael, I'd be like, yep, <laughs> I'm going to watch it, at least for a little bit, to see what's going on with Angela and Michael. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious about that. Yep. Me too. I'm super curious to see if he's going to stay or if he's going to yabba-dabba-do out of <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever, whatever If he's going to Freddie house. Flintstone his ass out you of there. You know what I mean? Like, fucking yeah. yabba do and you just see the outline of his shadow left the second he gets the damn green card. I kind of feel that's going to happen. But um, could, that's, just, yeah. that's my guess. You'll have to keep watching the series and keep listening to our podcast to see what we're going to say about it when, it, when and if it happens in the future. 
you guys remind me if they showed Tanya and Sinjin? Because I don't remember anything on Tanya and Sinjin. I think so. Nah, I didn't see no, yeah. I don't think All so. Alright. So then we have reached the end of our coverage of Happily Ever After. Just one more episode before the finale or before the tell all. Do we wanna give uh the listeners our WTF moment? WTF moment. Uh for me it was Libby's wedding reception when her brother was just being a complete jackass. Definitely, you know, grabbing the mic and, you know, his, oh my gosh, what a cringy speech that was, right? And, you know, Andre's already saying, somebody get the mic, someone, hey, that's enough. Okay, that's enough, get the mic. And he just keeps talking like this was a nightmare. And poor Libby, like I know it's... uh, as seething as I would be if it were me, I understand how important wedding days are for women who have a quote-unquote dream wedding. They've been building this moment up in their heads for a lifetime. And then just for it to turn out like this, you know, her brother of all people, to be the drunk guy going, hey, <laughs> yo, you know, and bleh, and just <laughs> vomiting, you know, and like, come on, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, that was my moment. Wait, can I just like kind of throw a curveball here? Do you think they didn't snatch the mic from him because they know that a lot of the guests probably don't understand English? It doesn't really matter what he says. And plus, he's a drunk slur. Um, Possibility, but I think more. A lot of people were shocked at what was going on. I think Libby's dad especially... I think he was torn. I think part of it was he wanted to be respectful, but also part of it was like, you know what? Let's hear what my son has to say. Let's hear him say the shit that none of us are going to say, but deep down inside really want to say, you know, like, is he going to tell him, you know, you're a deadbeat and you suck and you're, you're, you're leeching off my dad. Maybe he wanted to hear that. And that's why he just didn't, because if he, you know, you can, you can keep a mic from somebody. You really can. You just got to put the effort into it. You can run away if you need to. You can hold the mic. You can push him off. But he was just so like, oh, I'm going to pretend like I'm going to keep the mic. Oh, no. Oh, he, oh, he, oh he's winning. Oh, oh, he's got the mic. Like, come yeah. on, dude. <laughs> so then in retrospect, I'm like, dude, maybe he just wanted to hear his son say some shit, you know? So my WTF moment earlier on our in our podcast was probably the same scene that you described, Lon. But then when we start talking about Angela and then like the way she was describing how like she was naked and stuff, my stomach kind of like just churned a little bit. Mm. So I'm gonna have to go with <laughs> go with the fucking Angela describing her orgasm night. Her Ew. Dis- that was just so gross. I'm so gross. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Ew. I know. That was reading WTF. That sucks because we're going to talk about it a little bit more. (laughs) Do you think, and maybe I must have missed this, did they just not have sex because they weren't married? Or what's up with that? Were they just not? She said that was the first orgasm she had just for that trip. I'm pretty sure they had sex a lot. How long was that trip? A couple of weeks. Yeah, Yeah. you're telling me they didn't didn't smash in, in like two weeks? No, I think they smashed, but that was the first time she orgasmed. Oh, this, is that what, was the- this is making me throw <laughs> up again, just talking about this. <laughs> I'm so gross. Well, you know. 
Uh, do you really have to go there? <laughs> just, I'm just, I was just curious. I mean, like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm coming from, I'm coming from it at an angle where you know, when when I deliver O's every time I smash, I mean, hey, not to toot my own horn here, um, but yeah, no, that that clarifies it. Okay, yeah, they, they probably had a lot of sex and she just never had an orgasm until now. That's yeah, because she's too busy smoking like a Marlboro Red <laughs> cigarette. She's exactly. too busy fucking like putting him down, screaming at him. I mean, that's I... not how you do it. <laughs> Michael, go get me that ashtray. Michael, Michael, make me a drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, uh... that's the kind of stuff nightmares are made of. Anyway. <laughs> My WTF moment is a toss-up between Libby's brother, Charlie's drunken slurs, and, and I mean, not really slurs, but his fucked up speech, and Asuelu's mom's uh, request for him to get a divorce. Did anyone catch that? Yes. Yeah, but that's, that's what they've been saying to him, right? Mm. Yeah, but the fact that she reminded him again, she reiterated that message. That's I was why like, what? I need a divorce. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? it basically like blatant disregard for the, her grandkids. Like she don't care about the kids. No, She's she just like care. Asuelu. Yeah, Asuelu, you gotta support me. Go get a divorce. Like what the fuck, man? Gosh, she reminds me of my mother-in-law sometimes, guys. Seriously, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a whole different conversation. Oh, that that's gonna be in the Patreon then. It'll be in the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, I can't talk about it here. I get too emotional. <laughs> I'm serious. Lon, you're laughing, but I'm serious. <laughs> no, I believe Miriam. I know I, I, I've heard bits and pieces about her mother in law. So yeah, if anyone's interested, drop us a message. We can we can talk about it. Because yep. I mean, per- personally she reminded me of my, my grandma, you know, my dad's mom, because I think I've been treated that way too. Like my grandma doesn't really care about about me and my brother. She just wants this, the financial support it's mm. it cuts really deep and it, it's so reminiscent and i i just don't want to go there because you know this podcast is not about me yeah like whenever i watch the scenes i, I it, it's really hard it's really hard for me like i really have to look away but anyway our honorary member nidamo a wtf moment was uh, just like ours libby's brother being a drunk jerk at the reception and she wants to add that she feels bad for Angela because of the news she got about her mom. And uh, she low-key wanted a fight with Kalani's dad and Asuelu's mom. And Asuelu's yeah. dad is called Lo. Hmm, puns. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was hoping to see something like that too. We didn't get it this time though. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... Shout outs. Yeah, we just wanted to shout out really quick. Uh, Jessica Hoosier from South Bay, a new patron. Thank you very much for the subscription. And Marianne for leaving a review on us. We love you too. We love all you listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening uh, to the podcast. Again, if you love it, you can show your support by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or anywhere you can find your favorite podcasts. It is appreciated and really helps us out. 
Um, we'd also love for you to join our Patreon family. Every donation helps and gives you access to our discussions on a wide range of topics. This week, we'll be covering more of our favorite twins, Darcy and Stacy. As always, please engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90dayfiancewtf or our Patreon at WTF Extra. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. I am sad and so dark.